And I'm also excited. I don't know, but I'm excited today because I believe that God has a word for you. God has a word in stock for you that will transform your life. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the storms of life. Hallelujah. Today's the third part. We're bringing you the third part of the night seasons um, series, the storms of life. And today we are looking at praising your way through your storm. Hallelujah. Praising your way through your storm. Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 27, and we are going to be reading from verse number 13. It's the whole chapter, but for the sake of time, I want us to start from verse number 13, and we're going to read from 13 to 25, and then jump 33 and finish at 36. Is that okay? So turn your Bibles with me. Let us read together as a home, as a family. When the wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, Putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. And not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Cloda, we secured the, the stiff with difficulty. There's a lot of details. Verse 17. When they had taken it on board, they used cables uh, to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground in the slightest sand, they struck, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, they, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, we, drew, we threw the ship's tackle overboard, with our own hands. Now, when the sun, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after a long abstinence of food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there, there stood by me this night an angel of the law of, of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as was told me. Hallelujah. Day was about to dawn. Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is a 14th day. You have wait, waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a, a hair will fall from your head, the head of any of you. When he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to, to eat. Then they all, they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. So we have looked at the storms that um, Jonah went through. 
We have also looked at the storms that the disciples went through. Last week we saw the disciples going through their storm. And today we are looking at the storms that um, Brother Paul and his people were going through. Now let me give you a little background to the story. The Bible says that Paul had been arrested and he was on his way to Rome to be presented before Caesar. So for him to defend the reason, uh, defend himself. And so they, they, they found a ship that was going to Rome and they put Paul into the ship and they, they put him in the hands of a, a centurion and they said to this man, this Italian uh, centurion, to take Paul to um, Rome. And on their way, they went towards uh, Thessalonica and all those places and they from the, the, the first minute they started the journey, there was a lot of storms. You know, in those days, the, the Bible commentators say that it was around November to March, where in that area, that is around Malta and those areas, there's a lot of, it's winter around that place, and there is a lot, there are a lot of uh, Atlantic storm around there at that time. And so they set sail around there and they got to a place that they could not move. And Paul said to the centurion that he doesn't think that the people should go on because there was going to be a storm on the way. But they followed. I, I, I want to pick the story. And uh, for the sake of time today, I don't want to rehearse what we did last week because our time is already gone. But I want us, as we look at some of these scriptures uh, that we have read already, you will see some of the things that happens to us when we go through the storm hallelujah for instance if we start from verse number 10 can you put it on the app for me so i can see verse number 10 the bible says that you see for, for, for the first thing i want to talk about the storm even though that's not what my main focus is my main focus is praising your way through the storm but for most of the storms we encounter if we be honest with ourselves and if we are a little sensitive we we'll realize that god already prompted us that we are going to go through the storm hallelujah in verse 10 the bible says that saying men this is this is paul talking he says saying men i perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss not only of the cargo but the and the ship but also of our lives Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things that were spoken by Paul. Hallelujah. Because the centurion was, uh, was persuaded by the, the seamen, he followed them and he, they went. Hallelujah. They went into the, the, uh, the ship. Sometimes, for most of us, we can feel that there's a disaster coming. In the marriage, you can feel that there's disaster coming. But because maybe of, of um, whatever, uh, your love, your feeling, everything, you feel like, no, I can go on. I can do it. This is okay. Hallelujah. And we go through the, 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 the uh, going to the sea, almost leading ourselves into the storm. So us, the investment, you knew that this investment will cause disaster. But because you were so uh, persuaded that it will work for you, you didn't take heed to any advice. Amen. And so it ends up in, in disaster. Let's go on. The, verse number 13 is that when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, their putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. Hallelujah. 
You know, sometimes Satan has a way of luring us into this, a false sense of security, making us feel that we are going to be okay. Life is going to go all, all right. Everything will work fine until we, we, we have who have a false sense of security and end ourselves into disaster. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, the Bible says that for when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Hallelujah. Satan has a way of luring us into um, a false sense of security before he sends the storm on our way. Amen. So, I want to encourage you and I that be sober. And even when things are going okay, your relationship is going all right, everything is working fine, the, the marriage looks nice, this relationship looks like it's going to end in marriage, keep praying. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Don't be lured by the forces of security, by the wind being calm. Don't think that you have got your desire. Hallelujah. Are, are, are you with me? Always use influence what is going to happen tomorrow in your prayer. You start a new job. Don't just go and say, oh, I am happy, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate. I just got a new job and be excited. From day one, you must use your spiritual uh, advantage, are you with me, to pray and come against any, any person who will not like you before you enter the place. Amen. In first, in first Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seek, walks to and fro as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So resist him. Steadfast in, in the faith. Amen. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your, brother, your brotherhood in the world. Amen. So you must resist Satan. Hallelujah. You must never ever give up. You must not have that, you know, everything is all right. These guys were sailing in a very soft wind. They thought they had their desire until the storm came. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, listen, in the marriage, go on your knees. It looks nice. He's, the man is taking you to on holidays. He's buying new gifts and everything. Take authority. Pray against mishaps. Pray against him losing his job. Pray against him falling sick. Pray against a disaster happening. You've just bought a new house. Don't just go and live in the house. Listen, everything that will happen already happens in the spiritual realm. We read um, Hebrews chapter 11. It says that the things that are made are made of the things that we cannot see. So you see, you use, you use your faith and you use prayer to control what is going to happen in your life tomorrow. As uh, COVID-19 season has come, everybody is afraid whether they will, get, they will have their job or they will be uh, made redundant and everything. This is not the time to just panic and what is going to happen. Take authority in your bedroom. Kneel down and begin to pray. Be sober and vigilant. Be focused and be prayerful. Hallelujah. And um, so let's go on the story. Verse 16, the Bible says that, and running under the the shelter of an island called Clodda, we secured the safe with difficulty. In the storm, sometimes you find yourself running into temporary shelter. You see, you know, when you have a problem at home, you find a friend, uh, 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 your, uh, like a friend, as your confidant, your advisor. It looks like a temporary shelter. Don't be fooled by temporary shelters. Hallelujah. 
I said, don't be fooled by temporary, you know, like some, uh, uh, this is my go-to person. My husband is not, he's, he's maltreating me. So you find a guy around, he's just a friend. You go and share your problems. No, no. That will, uh, will um, exasperate the storm. That will even make the storm worse. Amen. He says that we try to, 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 to um, anchor in the place. Before we realized they were sinking, the ship had begun to sink. When you go into a temporary place of shelter in the storm, you might end up sinking. Amen. So, um, the Bible says that they continued. Verse 18, and because we were exceedingly tempest-torned the next day, we began to lighten the ship. Amen. I think I've, uh, we've, we've looked at this in the past, I, I, I'm really, I don't want us to go through it, but belabor this point. But in the storm, please make sure that you don't throw away your valuables. You will be, you'll be, you'll be tested and tempted to throw away, you know, valuable things. They lighten the ship means that they try to make uh, the sh ship lighter by throwing the valuable things they had saved in the ship. Amen. So you throw away your, your, your values, you throw away your, um, your faith, you throw away your prayer, you throw away, have you, have you not heard somebody say, I'm going through, so I'm going to stay at home. I'm going through difficulty, so I don't want to come to church. I want to stay, you know, and focus. Then you see them close their windows, their curtains, and will not leave their bed, and they'll be crying in, in, in their, on their pillows all the time. And it's like, no, they don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to hear any advice. They just want to, to be by themselves. That is lightening the ship. Hallelujah. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Satan wants you to throw away your faith. Remember, the Bible says that thief cometh not, in John chapter 10 verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. He comes to steal. What is he stealing? He's stealing your, your, your valuables. You know, so he does it by bringing a storm. And when the storm comes, the first thing you think about is throwing away the things that you need to throw. You think you need to throw. But please don't throw away and lighten your valuables. Amen. And the Bible goes on, on the third day, that's verse 19, on the third day we threw away the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, the tackle of a ship is, if you like, the crane. Have you seen like the crane that people, they use to pick uh, containers onto the ship? They, they take a container with a crane and then they put it on the ship. When then they take the, they get to the, the harbor, they take the crane to remove the, the container from the ship onto the harbor. That's what is called a tackle. It's like the crane in the ship. The thing that enables you to pick, pick uh, things, the ability to pick valuables. Are you with me? It's like the ability to pick valuable things. Your ability to pick uh, uh, counsel. Your ability to pick... Uh, Prayer, your ability to pick encouragement. Satan wants you to throw out away your tackle. So you cannot pick anything up. So the tackle is what you use to take encouragement. The tackle is what you need, you use to take prayer. The tackle is what you need to take in counsel. The tackle is what enables you to fellowship. So that you, you, are, you are going through but you come to church. 
But Satan wants you to throw away your tackle so that in the time of your storm, you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like seeing anybody's face. You don't feel like sharing your problems with anybody. You just feel like staying in your room and crying. You just feel like committing suicide. You just feel like, you know, it's over. Hallelujah. But I challenge you, never throw away your tackle. Amen. Say to, to your, your neighbor, I will not throw my tackle overboard. Say it like you mean it. I will not throw my tackle overboard. Learn to take, encourage yourself in the midst of the storm. Verse 22. And now I urge you, take heart. This is Paul talking. I urge you, take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only for the ship. In 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, the Bible says that now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. This was after the battle of Ziklag, after uh, they had gone to fight uh, the uh, Amalekites and then they came um, behind and they stole, uh, they, they, they took captive their wives and their children. And so when the, David had returned from battle, he came and found that the wives had been taken, their children had gone, and the people were very, very dispirited, and they felt like stoning David. And the Bible says that he was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. But David, because of the souls of all the people, were, were, was grieved. Every man for his son and his daughters. But David strengthened himself, or David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Learn to encourage yourself through your storm. Learn to speak to yourself. In the COVID-19 season, it's aftermath. When the storms hit, learn to encourage yourself. Don't, don't throw anything overboard. And don't, don't uh, let depression get the better of you. Hallelujah. Learn to take in. Take in God's word. Take in encouragement. Take in God's grace. Take in encouragement in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 24 says that, saying, this is Dave, uh, Paul talking, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. This is the, it says that for there stood, verse 23, that for there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Amen. Do not be afraid in the storm. Remember last week, we were talking about the disciples being afraid of the circumstances. And they ran and shouted at Jesus, do you not care, master, that we perish? What the storm is desired to do is to make you afraid. The storm is desired to make you fearful and do, take, take wrong decisions and wrong actions. Amen. But I challenge you not to take the wrong action in your storm. Hallelujah. Next one. Let's go to 33. So we are talking about um, what to do in the storm. 33. And as, and as day was about to dawn, Paul employed them all to take food, saying, today is the 14th day. You have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you, take nourishment, for this is for your survival. Amen. Since not, an, not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said this, these things, he took bread and he gave thanks to God. 
He took bread and he gave thanks to God. That is the, what we want to talk about today. Amen. Learning to give God thanks in the midst of the storm. Learning to praise your way through your storm. Learning to focus on singing to God rather than focusing on the trouble. Amen. You know, David in his storm sang praise because he understood the power of praise. In the peril of his life. Now, I want us to look at uh, Psalm two, uh, 34 from verse 11 to 16. But before I read it, I want to give you the background to this story. You know, just as uh, Saul was trying to kill David because the people were singing David's praise. And David, because David had killed Goliath. Remember, Goliath was from Gath. And David had killed Goliath. And um, Saul wanted to eliminate David. So David was on the run. And Saul and his army were chasing David throughout the land, looking for David to kill. And then they went to a place. And when they got to the place, the Bible says that when they got there, he entered the temple and he asked the, the, the priest in the temple to give, to release um, a, an, uh, um, a sword or any uh, armor that they, they had in the temple. And the priest said that there's only one sword. This sword that we have is the sword that of Saul. When Saul, sorry, the, the sword of uh, Goliath. When Goliath died, they brought this sword. So this is the only sword we have. Then David asked for that sword. So the, the, the priest gave the sword to David. And when David took the sword, he and his people ran. And they went to Gath, the place where uh, Goliath comes from. And when they got there, the king of, of uh, Gath is called Akish. Akish saw uh, David. And when Akish saw David, David had to pretend that he was a madman so that he could escape. So he started to spit into his beard. He started to behave in a funny way so that the, the king asked, why have you brought a madman into my, my palace? What do I have to do with this madman? David had to do this to get away from his storm that he was in. And when David got away, he wrote this psalm, Psalm 34 verse 11. He says that, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. They, they looked at him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard, heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Amen. Your boasting in praise confuses the enemy. I say your boasting in praise confuses the enemy. When you, I don't know whether you have seen any group of uh, people, normally when footballers are going to play football, they, they sing and they, you know, like they, they just sing some songs just to um, ginger themselves. Hallelujah. When, when boxers are going to box, they try to uh, praise and, you know, they try to ginger themselves. They sing some songs just to, to boost their morale. In the same way, when you try praising and boosting, and see, when the, those who are singing very loudly and dancing and everything, they confuse those who are not singing. 
He said that those who are not singing become afraid. Because the, the confidence that the people who are singing and dancing and, you know, bring to the, the stadium or bring to the park or bring to the uh, ring, it makes them confused. I remember uh, Anthony Joshua was fighting. Uh, I'm not sure who the guy was. And the guy came into the ring with a simple song. Anthony Joshua had this type of, uh, he was standing on, on something, some mechanized thing that was bringing him like a king, some, some you know. And those things, they, they put fear in the opponent. When you are going through your storm and you begin to sing, you send confusion to Satan. Satan begins to lose control. He begins to become confused. You see, when you magnify the Lord, the storms, in the face of the storm, you minimize the size of the storm. And you increase the size of your God. Hallelujah. Your praise magnifies the Lord. He says, that, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. Magnify the Lord. Because when I magnify the Lord, I minimize my problems. When I lift my voice to sing in the midst of my storm, the storm becomes smaller than the God that I serve. When I focus on the storm and become afraid, the God I serve becomes smaller. See, the people were all afraid, but, saw, but Paul had a certain confidence because he says that the God whom I serve has already gone ahead of me. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the end of this storm. So I am cool. For 14 days, the guys didn't eat. But Saul, uh, Paul said to them, now, listen, take heart. Eat something. Eat something because you, not even one hair on your head will be lost. Hallelujah. I'm challenging you to eat something. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop being depressed. You have stayed in the same pajamas for 14 days. You haven't changed your bed sheets. You haven't even opened the curtain. You are crying, weeping. Your tears have made marks on your pillow. And you are still in it. No. Go out there. Take a bath. Clean your room. Open and pull out the curtains. And let some fresh air in. Amen. And begin to worship the Lord. Sing some worship songs. Sing some praise songs to the Lord. Amen. When you praise God, you quickly access the presence of, of, of God. The Bible says in, in Psalm 22 verse 2, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, we are talking about night seasons, I am not silent, but you are holy and thrown in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted you and they, they trusted you and you delivered them. Amen. He says that God is enthroned in the praise of Israel. So if I want to see where God is, I need to lift my voice and start praising. When I start praising, I have very easy access to God. Listen, when we start praising God, God gives us easy uh, audience with him. If you want to know where God is, find him in your praise. Hallelujah. I say find him in your praise. You know, I, I said to you um, last the, two weeks ago when we were looking at um, Jonah, in Jonah's time, the place was very dark. Remember? It was very dark. They couldn't see. When Jesus and his disciples were in the storm, they were confused. In Jonah's case, the sun didn't come out for three days. Couldn't see anything. The people had lost all control and all hope. So they couldn't see to find God. 
The disciples couldn't see. So they couldn't even find the miracles Jesus had done. They had forgotten everything that Jesus had done. So they had to run and say, Care not thou, master, that we perish. Amen. Find God in your praise. I said, find God in your praise. Hallelujah. When you look at him in faith through your praise, God will hear and will come through for you. When you look at him and you begin to extol his, his virtue and all that he has done for you. When you begin to glorify the Lord and you remember all the victories that God has uh, wrought for you. Immediately you, you release power. You release power. You release God's presence. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, the Bible says that to console those who mourn in Zion, to forgive them, to give them beautiful ashes and oil of gladness for mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called the tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. You see, when we praise, God does an exchange. He takes our mourning and gives us the oil of gladness. He takes our ashes. You know, in, in those days, the ashes stood when people die. When somebody died, when the disaster comes, the king or uh, the people would, take, would, would tear their clothes and they would put on sackcloth. They would put on, you know, like a sack. They use sacks to make clothes. So they will put the sackcloth on and they will sit in ashes. It represents sorrow and represents depression it represents you know uh, all hope being lost hallelujah and so that was what they, uh, they were they, they used to do but they say that when you praise god he exchanges our ashes for beauty he exchanges our mourning with the oil of joy amen and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness he takes away the garment of heaviness and he gives us the spirit of praise Amen. It gives us a garment of praise. It takes away the spirit of heaviness. That we may be called the tree of righteousness. This is why we must praise God. This is why we must give God the glory. This is why we must always thank God. In, in Acts chapter 16 verse 25, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Acts 16, 25, 26, the Bible said, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And prisoners were listening to them the prisoners had them the bible says that listen uh, they had arrested paul and silas and they were going to execute paul and silas the next day so the high priest and the pharisees told the prisoner that keep these guys in the inner prison and make sure that they are not they don't escape if they escape we will kill you that's what they said they will change your lives for them if they escape so the prisoners put them in the inner chamber of the uh, prison. And in the inner chamber, that is the, the dungeon within the prison walls, the Bible says the other prisoners were outside in a better place than Paul and Silas. They heard Paul and Silas singing praise, which means that they were not just uh, miming or, or muttering to themselves. They were not humming to themselves. They were actually singing loudly in the night. So that they were disturbing the whole prison house. Amen. This was their darkest hour. This was the storm of their life. This was what was going to take them out. And even though it was the darkest part of their lives. The, most, the worst time in their life. The Bible says that at midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and, pray, and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners heard them. And the Bible says in verse 26. Suddenly. Somebody says suddenly. 
Somebody says, suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were opened and immediately all the doors were opened and every chain was loose or all the chains were loosed. Hallelujah. Their chains broke off because of praise. Because they praised God even in the darkest time. In the darkest hour, they found it wise to praise God. Listen, brothers and sisters, I'm challenging you. In your darkest time, in your darkest hour, find the reason to praise God. Find the reason to thank him. Find the reason to worship him. Find the reason. You see, how do I find a reason to praise God? I begin to remember all that the, the Lord has done. There's a song we sing. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. When you remember the things that God has done, when you remember God's glory, when you remember the miracles, the things that God has brought you through, you have no reason to be gloomy. You have no reason to be depressed. Hallelujah. You have no reason to be depressed. Listen, I challenge you, even in your storm, find a reason to praise God. Do you know why? Can I give you three reasons why you must praise God in your storm? Number one, the greater your story of depression and gloomy and storm, the greater your glory. I say the greater your story, the greater your glory. The greater the pain, the greater the anointing, the greater the adversity, the greater your victory. Hallelujah. The, the, in the bleak night of storm is the greatest glory you see. When you are in under most pressure and there's so much pain, you are crying, is the greatest anointing. Amen. Recently, uh, a few years ago, almost 10 years ago, we went through adversity. My family and I went through adversity. We lost everything. Everything you can think of, we lost 10 years ago. Lost everything. Hallelujah. We had to start all over again after losing everything we had. It was a stressful time. Barely 10 years ago, 2011, we lost everything. Nothing, not even one, one, one piece was left. But as we began to worship and as we began to see God's grace and see, still serve God and still uh, believe God, the greater the story, the greater the glory. Hallelujah. The greater the pain, the greater your anointing. The greater the adversity, the greater your victory. Your victory will become great because of the adversity, because of the things you have gone through. Because of all that you have gone through, God will make sure that your victory is celebrated. May you be celebrated. I say, may you be celebrated. May your victory become so monumental it will be celebrated. You know, yesterday, we're, they were celebrating, uh, no, on, on Friday, we're celebrating VE Day. That's 75 years or so. Of the Second World War, it was being celebrated because victory is celebrated. Amen. May your victory be celebrated. Hallelujah. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, I'm running up. How do we praise God in our storm?
how do we praise God in a storm? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, verse 19 to 20, he says that speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Speaking to one another in psalms. When you are going through the storm, get into the psalms. Begin to speak. This poor man cried and the Lord heard me and he delivered me. Hallelujah. As you rehearse the psalms, as you begin to rehearse, it gives you a sense of hope. It gives you a sense of God's grace. It gives you a sense of if God delivered uh, David from the hand of his, uh, from Saul, God would deliver me. If people went through adversities and God delivered them, why would God not deliver me? And then he says in hymns, you know the word hymn comes from the word hymen. And when you talk about hymen, it's like the cervix of a, of a woman. You know, there's something, there's a little muscle there called the hymen through, from which people, we are born. You do you understand? It's like a very, it's a very spiritual thing. You are, you are going through a hymen, hymen, hymns. You know, it's like a, a, you make up the song. You start singing. Sometimes the song don't make sense. Sometimes you are speaking in tongues and singing. But it's a hymen, it's a hymn. It confuses the enemy. Because it's a spiritual thing you're doing. The greatest bat warfare you can wage against your, your storms is through your hymns and your singing. Amen. It's by singing spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart. You'll be at work and you're going, nobody knows what you are doing. You're humming to yourself, but you're making melody in your heart. Hallelujah. You are making melody in your heart. They've told you that uh, when you finish work today, that's your last day. They don't want to see you in the workplace anymore because you have been sacked after five o'clock and it's three o'clock. You are still working and you're going, hmm, 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 hmm. You are making melody in your heart. You are setting confusion into the enemy's camp. Amen. You see, let me go through what praises do. What, what, this, what we are saying does in your storm. Praise and worship elevates your God. And it also, number two, it boosts your morale. See, when, when you sing, eh, let me say something. When you sing, it, re, uh, uh, it releases end, endorphins. Endorphins, that's uh, feel-good brain chemicals. That makes you feel uplifted and happy. It takes your mind off your troubles. You don't need drugs when you are going through. I say you don't need alcohol when you are going through. Begin to sing. It will release endorphins to make you feel better. Amen. When you sing, you lower your stress level. When you sing to the Lord, you make worship and you make praise. You lower your stress levels. When you sing, you boost your self-confidence and it helps you to overcome your fears. Remember, the storm is there to make you afraid. So when you sing, it removes fears and it brings self-confidence. Amen. Singing implores your, it improves your blood circulation and oxygenates your bloodstreams by allowing oxygen to reach your brain. This improves your mental alertness and concentration. 
So as you become alert and you start concentrating, God can drop an idea that will take you out of the storm. God can drop, you know, a decision that will change your situation overnight. In the midst of the storm, as you begin to sing, you release oxygen into your brain. So you begin to see things that you never saw before. Am I challenging somebody? In Psalm 105 verse 2, the Bible says, Sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works. Glory, verse, verse 3 says that glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Hallelujah. When you seek the Lord, you, he'll come through for you. When you seek the Lord, he'll come through. My last scripture in 2 Chronicles 20. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at 2 Chronicles 20 to 20, from 21 to 24. The Bible said, and when they had consulted with the people, this is Jehoshaphat, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who will sing to the Lord, who should sing, who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went before the army. You see, Jehoshaphat sent praise and worship singers before the army. So he, this was, they were going to fight. You remember the three, the three kings came, uh, Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir, came to fight Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says that when Jehoshaphat um, had consulted the Lord, the Lord told them to go. In this trouble, he went to see the, the prophet. The prophet said, go and fight. God will be with you. And he said, this is what you are going to do. You are going to put the singers, the praise and worship singers before the army. If the Bible says that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, our prayer and everything is the secondary one. But send praises and worship before prayer. Amen. Send them ahead. And now, when they had begun to sing, verse 22, the Bible says, when they had begun to sing and to praise the Lord, and, and to praise, the Lord set ambushment or ambushes against the people of Ammon, Mount Seir, and Moab. They had come against Judah. And remember Judah means praise. Isn't it? The Bible says Judah is, means praise. Isn't it? They had come against Judah. And they were defeated. Verse 23 says that. For the people of Ammon and Moab. Stood up against their, the inhabitants of Manseh. To utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir. They helped to destroy one another. May your enemies help to destroy themselves. As you begin to worship and sing praises, may your enemies begin to confuse themselves and kill themselves. See, the two groups came together and killed one group. And when they had finished killing Seir, Moab and Ammon just decided to kill themselves. I don't know whether Ammon killed Moab first or Moab killed Ammon, but somebody killed somebody first. And when they finished, they helped to kill their own self. Can you imagine? They take their, their, their sword and begin to kill their own brothers. Why? Because they were confused. Why were they confused? Because God had set an ambushment against them. Hallelujah. God has set an ambushment against them. Verse 24 says, so when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude and there were their dead bodies falling on the earth. No one had escaped. The storm had just calmed down through the worship. May your storm calm down through your worship. 
I say, may your, star, your storm come down through your worship. When you, whether you are at home, wherever you are, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. And I want you to just begin to speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord in your own Sing that to the Lord your own song. I don't know what you are going through. Maybe you, have, you are not in a storm as yet. But this is for the next storm that you are about to go through. Hallelujah. 